turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. I almost said sister. I'm the brother. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, welcome to the show. We've got a returning guest today. We are not alone. We have Tanner coming back to us. Hi, Tanner. Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be back here. <laughs> welcome yes, back, Tanner. You were, you were on in our first handful of episodes you were on a yeah. bit earlier on you brought to us the i made you watch hose hounds you did yes, the the canadian fever dream that was hose hounds yeah five segments of hose hounds yeah we've, <laughs> we've learned a lot since then and we do not tackle five segments anymore i'm the one who prompted you guys to go from three episodes to two <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily uh, you you eased us into it by giving us two and a half episodes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm building a reputation amongst podcasts in general, just exposing people to the most batshit stuff. That's what we're here for. That's that's what we yeah. want. That's the purpose of the show. So today you brought for us the new Adams Family from the 90s. The yes. The, it's still new, even if it's from the 90s. <laughs> The new, new Super Mario Brothers, new Adams Family. Uh, but, but before we get to that, we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby-Doo? Where we talk about any new shows, media, games, whatever that we're enjoying. Uh, Mel, what's new Scooby-Doo with you? I just finished watching the TV show Fringe. I, yeah. I think I might have mentioned this in a previous What's New Scooby-Doo when I was yes. earlier on in the series. I remember you starting it. I, I have now completed it. I have seen all of The Fringe, which is five seasons. Yeah. So many. I skipped the last season because it was such a departure from the rest of the show. It is. <laughs> That's true. It. <laughs> I watched the show when it first came out, and I watched like the first season, season and a half, and I did really like it, but I was in college, and I just had to drop so many things for study time. And this is the first time I have finished the show, and I did not know... <laughs> how different it was going to be by the end it starts as this very x-filesy procedural investigation into sci-fi crimes all sorts of mad scientist nonsense and then by the end of the series they are stuck in a dystopian future and they have to like unlock betamax tapes from where they've been trapped in amber and this is slowly going to help them piece together a puzzle uh, where they take like a magic boy and send him through time this sounds wild. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I think it's really fun. Even as preposterous as the show gets, I think it's got a really sincere heart. It's emotionally really consistent and really rewarding. Mm -hmm. And when it gets preposterous, I, I find it delightful. Like, like, I'm not upset at any wild swings it takes. I really enjoy the ride. And it's got room to do fun things like a musical episode or an animated episode. Mm. it did an animated episode uh there's one episode where they have to go like inside a character's brain to like unlock things in her mind uh and when they get inside her brain her brain is animated yes That's oh funny. yeah because it's it's all like rotoscoped and cel shaded it's <laughs> it's it's 
it, it's not the best execution, but I really appreciate that they did an animated episode. I really love that audacity. And there's yeah. one animated segment in a later episode that looks like a Monty Python interstitial, complete with the big squishy foot. Yeah, I, I think that's because that. I because I, I remember seeing my dad because me and my dad watched the show together and I dropped off after the fourth season, but he watched the fifth season too. And I remember coming into the room while he was watching and seeing that sequence. And that's an actual Terry Gilliam sequence. It is the guy from oh. Monty Python. Wow, he did it. literally? Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. I thought it was just a, a loving homage and pastiche. That's incredible. That does make me want to do uh, an episode where we do animated ver- animated episodes of TV shows out of context. Yes. <laughs> we, just, we just do I, two or three I of those. I like that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Would you would you recommend? Would you watch again? Uh, I would. Yeah. I, I think Friends has got a little bit of something for everybody. If you want just sort of case of the week interesting like uh sci-fi concept or a weird monster or something you've got that and then you do also have that like larger mythology and plot even though that does take over by the end of the season and in the final season there are no procedural episodes left but i think it's a a very fun very charming show like you the cast is uh, very uh, oh you like they're very good company you come to like them and be really invested in their story by the end hell yeah that's what you want. Mm-hmm. All right. Tanner, uh, what's new Scooby-Doo with you? Um, so I have finally taken everyone's advice and I looked at Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> the, the free the, streaming the, service. The Jake Mason officially endorsed streaming service. Exactly. Wow. It's It's got everything that time forgot. It's got anime that aired at weird hours. It's got Canadian kidcoms from the 90s. <laughs> It's got all the gay movies that you looked up on YouTube when you were searching boys kissing in 2006. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I watched some stuff off of that. Um, so far, it's one out of three quality entertainment. So that's not, that's, that's worse ratings than that. It could be zero out of three. <laughs> last, so last night I watched The Mod Squad, which is Ooh. a remake of a 70s TV show. About three youths who are conscripted into joining the police as undercover agents to get into places where the older cops can't. And, you know, the premise sounds real sus, but it was the 70s, so they could (laughs) do whatever. And then they updated it for the 90s, and the way they updated it was it's just three young hot people who are trying to infiltrate one drug deal through the whole hour 45 minutes. And you know what? So... the, the. Maybe it's maybe a movie doesn't need a plot. Maybe it's enough to watch Giovanni Ribisi just kind of flounder around like a little maniac. <laughs> the soundtrack was great. <laughs> and then last week I watched uh, Desperately Seeking Susan, which is known ah. for being like the first movie Madonna was in, and it's a rom com mm. from the eighties. And it was really cute. Um, it, it's kind of goofy because it's a rom com from the eighties. But I enjoyed it. I went in completely blind. I was just like, I've started Tubi. I'm going to watch something. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, And then I also watched The Vampire's Kiss, which is a black comedy horror movie starring Nicolas Cage. Yes! So here's the thing. I'm going to describe it to you, and it's going to sound great, but it's I didn't think it was very good. Okay. Because it's basically, what if American Psycho, but Patrick Bateman was a vampire and also constantly chewing the scenery because he's played by Nicolas Cage. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the in execution, it was just 
really boring. And when it wasn't boring, it was uncomfortable. Like, I didn't even find it that funny. And I also generally fell asleep with half an hour left. And I, like, woke up at one with a compl- I think the wedding singer was playing. And I had to exit out, go back, and see the last bit of Vampire's Kiss, just in case it was worth it in the end. <laughs> and it wasn't? Not really. <laughs> okay. That's fair. So... So of that, I recommend you go find Desperately Seeking Susan. Um, you can't find them on Tubi anymore, though. The reason I watched them was because they were off in a week, and by yeah. the time this episode airs, they would have cycled out. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage gets to play Dracula soon, right? There's a, a Nicholas Cage Dracula movie. I think so. It's also possible that Nicholas Cage is just playing Dracula for fun, and there's no film attached, and he's just running around with the cape. <laughs> Yeah, that's just him in his backyard. You can look over the fence and see him there. It's called Renfield. Oh. I think the movie's called Renfield, but I don't know who plays Renfield. <laughs> I just know Nick Cage is Dracula. Oh, okay, yeah, see that picture of Nicolas Cage wow. with the teeth? That's from Kiss of the Vampire. This right here? No, no, no th- this, this is one new. with the teeth. The one with the teeth. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a funny bit where it's like he could because he thinks he's turning into a vampire, so he goes to buy realistic vampire fangs, and they cost twenty dollars, but he only has three dollars on him, so he buys the plastic ones instead. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. I I don't know. I have this thing about Nicolas Cage <laughs> where um, I'm so endeared to the man that any movie I watch with him in it gets bumped up at least like two points yeah uh, we did a whole oh. nicholas cage movie month uh in uh our movie discord and it was i thought i'd be tired of the man by the end but i was not mm. but you know what maybe you'll enjoy it and also i feel like with a lot of tubi stuff even if it's not on tubi you can probably find it on youtube i know for a fact that you can also find vampire's kiss on youtube <laughs> that's fair yeah, I, I also opened up Tubi recently, and I was just like, I'm in the mood for rom-coms. And I mm. found uh, Chalet Girl was the top one. It was like the top most recommended, and it was on the front page. And I'm like, all right, let's k- we'll click the first thing. And it was not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. But I couldn't find anything else that matched up to it after that. So I, I need to go and see what's new on Tubi. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, my my what's new. Have I talked about Godzilla singular point on the show yet? I don't think so. I think I might have just heard you like telling a family about it. Oh, maybe I was telling Tim or Aiden about it. Um, yeah. So I watched, uh, I, did, I did a, I was on Netflix just like, what full anime can I watch while I'm on vacation? What's something I can start <laughs> and finish within this yeah. week? Yeah. Uh, and I found Godzilla Singular Point, which is, I think it's like 13 episodes. I'm not a big Godzilla guy. Uh, mm-hmm. The most Godzilla access we had was the Matthew Broderick Godzilla and like some <laughs> MST3K Godzillas. Yeah. We didn't really have the good stuff at home. So I was like, okay, I can go into this like not knowing too much and like have a different perspective. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is. It follows like human characters in a world before there are monsters, as monsters are beginning to happen, you follow like super geniuses uh, that are talking about like parallel dom- dimension stuff, like how these monsters are coming into the world. A lot of theoretical math that they're it's Hollywood math. They're like, oh, this sounds real and this sounds good. 
but there's no way it would actually work, but it still is fun to think about. It's a lot of that, and it's very gruesome, and it's very, very, very fun. Oh. But yeah, that's on that's on Netflix if you want to check that out. But yeah, but enough about lizards. Let's talk about <laughs> family. It's all about family. <laughs> Tanner, you brought for us today the new Adams Family. Any reason you, I... you wanted this one in particular? So I th- thought of the new Adams Family a few weeks ago because the trailer and all the press came out for the new Wednesday show. Yes. Mm. Um, and they reminded me of the new Adams Family, which I remember watching as a kid on YTV. And mm-hmm. then I was like, hang on, I never hear anyone talk about this. Like, did it even get to America? And apparently it did. Yeah, like it was it, on, uh... Wouldn't it have been on Fox? Yes, I think it this was on, was Fox. on Fox. This Family was on Channel. Fox. Yeah, Fox Family before it was ABC Family before it was Freeform. This yeah. I remember this being on the channel when we first got the channel in like 1998. Oh yeah. Well, and the reason for that is because it's it's not just the new Adams Family. It's Saban's the new Adams Family. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, Saban so, is one of the production companies on this. So it's not that Papa Heim says no kissing, it's that the entire kissing budget in the 90s was used up on the Adams Family and they had nothing <laughs> left over for Power Rangers. There are so many kisses that Gomez and Morticia do have priority on. They are the first ones mm-hmm. to receive and use mm-hmm. them. But yeah, I don't think I have any memories of this show, Mel, Is it that you bring it up. like I don't think I could, I could recall seeing this before watching it for the show. Did you uh, watch it? I Yes, yes, I watched it. I in, in speaking of all the kissing, I think it was like a show I liked, but also it was like this is almost too much kissing for me. I'm 8 years old. Like I can handle those Barry Sonnenfeld movies cuz they're only on TV like once around Halloween and I watch them once a year and I do like them. But to have this much of like Gomez and Morticia horny action on TV like every day when I come home from school, it's like I can't take this all the time. I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think I was a bigger into like the Adams family movies when they came out. Like that was my Mm -hmm. big introduction. And then uh, when I worked at the comic shop, we would put on like the old sixties Adams family during Halloween. Ah. And that was like the first real like, Oh, so this is like the morals and like the virtues this, like this show tries to instill. And overall, overly, it's very positive stuff. It, I've, it yeah, is. I really like the the values of Adam's family. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I I think that's something that's consistent in like almost every Adam's family adaptation I've ever seen. Even this one, which is uh, the culture has seemed to have forgotten. I watch it, and I don't I don't know if it's as funny as other Adam's family adaptations I have seen, but it's so sweet. It nails yeah. the heart. It absolutely understands that this is a family that is so happy and so proud to be themselves and so supportive of each other. There's so many times when the family's just engaged in play with each other not just yeah. the kids but like every adult in the family is like i will play with the kids we will play games and hobbies and sports with each other yeah well and it's it's funny you say that it captures the heart of the original because another thing i recently found out was that a lot almost every episode of the new adams family is actually just a rehash of an episode from the original adams family oh, a lot wow. of them write down to the titles 
Huh. I didn't I didn't know that. That's they, they that's just did it again? <laughs> I was because I was trying to track like episode numbers and stuff on the wiki, and like pretty much almost every new Adams Family episode is like, this is based off of the episode from the original run of the same name. <laughs> I mean if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And if it is fixed, kill it and break it again. There uh, you go. <laughs> that's fun. I I mean I guess it works. <laughs> well, guess I guess I'll wait for this new Wednesday show and wait for them to just rehash the episodes again. I can't wait. Now I know what's gonna <laughs> happen. But yeah, let's uh, let's break down some facts, shall we? Mm-hmm. So we got name of the show is the new Adams family. Uh, it was created by. We just have producers. We don't have a created by, unless you talk about the the cartoon which was created by Charles Adams. That's his name. The executive producers were Lance H. Robbins, James Shavick, and produced by Victoria Woods. There were 65 total episodes. It ran from October in 98 to August of 99. Uh, country of origin was USA and Canada. Uh, production companies are Film Incentive BC, Fox Family Worldwide, uh, Shavick Entertainment, and Saban Entertainment. The original channel was YTV uh, in Canada and Fox Family Channel in the USA. The adaptations, there was a Game Boy Color game in Europe that never made it over here. And there was one of those uh, arcade electric shock machines where you yes. grip the metal parts and try to hold on <laughs> as long as you can. Yes, yes. James, do you remember this? They had this at our local Dave & Buster's when it first opened. When and did I, it first open? I, in the 90s, I don't know when David Busters was born, but our dad would take us there when we were little kids. And like, I remember doing this thing and being scared. And dad's like, it's not real electricity. It just vibrates. Oh. You're fine. I'll be right here. And I couldn't remember if it was literally Fester themed or if I just saw the concept of electrocuting yourself and in my kid brain, I'm like, oh, right, like Fester does. But no, <laughs> this was literally a licensed new Adams family vibrating Dave and Buster's machine. Now that you mentioned that, I, I do remember that moment because I was too scared to try it after you. Because mm-hmm. you, you tried it first and you, and you were like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'll do something else. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Popular voice actors. Normally just, well, actors. Um, so, the original Gomez is on this show as the grandpapa. Uh, John oh, cool. reprises his role. Uh, yeah. A lot of these actors are still working. The Gomez Adams, Glenn uh, Taranto, uh, still does stuff. You can see him in some, like, CSI and, like, Law & Order stuff. Uh, Morticia Adams, Ellie Harvey uh, is still on stuff. Uh, the Wednesday Adams, uh, Nicole uh, Fugere, um, is only pretty much did stuff around this era, but she also reprised her role as Wednesday Adams in the Adams Family Reunion, which was a TV movie yeah. in which Tim Curry oh, played Gomez. Yes, yes, yeah. I did not know that existed. I'm gonna have and, to put that down. And Daryl Hannah was Morticia in that one. Yeah. That- because that also that TV movie was my first exposure to the Adams family for anything. It was oh. that, and then the new Adams family a while, and then the cartoon, and then when I was a teen, I finally saw the '90s movies. Wow, what a journey! 
I do remember uh, the Adams Family reunion. I remember getting it at Blockbuster and thinking, this is just the third one in the series. And I was well, really exactly. unnerved that it had different people in it. Well, I think like they were planning a third one, but then, of course, Raul Julia wasn't able to reprise his role because either his health had declined or he had fully passed away at that point. Mm -hmm. And then I guess whatever funds for another movie got shuffled around until Saban got a hold of them and said, haha. I'm going to make 65 episodes of television out of this. <laughs> and they did. Uh, other actors, we have uh, John DeSantis as Lurch. Uh, you would recognize John DeSantis. He is a very recognizable figure. Uh, he's in like Supernatural. He's he's in lots of shows as the big character. Uh, with right. any big actor, they get John DeSantis. Um, let's see. We have Uncle Fester as Michael Roberts. I was scrolling through his IMDb. He did a lot of stuff. He's he's in like a lot of like lifetime movies. Uh he's in a lifetime movie called Finding Mrs. Claus, where he plays a character called Dumb Santa. Oh, no. <laughs> and I what? really like to think that that is just their Santa. They just call him Dumb Santa in this movie. It's the only one there is. <laughs> There's Dumb Santa and the Great Mrs. Claus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh Betty Phillips as Grandmama. She's done like a lot of small roles as as stuff as well yeah just go go check these actors out they're still working go support them mm -hmm. uh, but yeah that's all the facts i also found this neat uh wow chart. yeah this is on the oh, cool. adams family like original uh cartoon uh, wiki where it talks about the entire history of making productions around this uh this project and uh yeah this is a, a table of every movie and who played the, the main characters it's just a very fun thing to look at. Wow, I do like this. You can go through and see like every Uncle Fester that has ever been, from Jackie Coogan <laughs> to Nick Kroll. <laughs> I still need to see the new Adams Families. The I, I've yeah, seen I, the first one. It's it's pretty solid. I think they do a good job of making it like keeping the all the Adams Family energy there intact but yeah. making it a little bit more receptive to like a younger audience like i told our older brother like you should put this on for our niece i think she might like it i have to try it and we're on to the next section where we're going to watch the opening of the show it's about 30 minutes long 30 minutes it's about 30 seconds long <laughs> uh, <laughs> buckle i would up. love this i have to see this the adams family theme but it keeps going like too many cooks they never stop snapping <laughs> please let us stop snapping <laughs> no they would be into it um all right it's about 30 seconds and i'm gonna hit play in three two one play There's so much manic energy around this yeah. song. Manic is a good word. It, it's a it. bold choice to not go with yeah. the classic, but it really works. It's it's very. Uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs came to mind when I was trying oh, yeah. to describe this. Because it's very just like, let's make everything like loud and in your face, but also. They both got the sunglasses at the end. Yeah, like it just throws in so many auditory elements so fast and so intensely yeah you gotta have snaps snaps are yeah snaps they are even party. say snap snap in the lyrics mm -hmm. yeah nothing spookier than snapping that's why they do it 
Tanner, you picked two episodes for us today. Do you want to tell us why you picked those? Um, I, I wanted to get a good spread of the whole family. Um, I'm not sure how well I succeeded, but I definitely, I wanted to get an episode that uh, is Pugsley, because I feel like Pugsley tends to get the short end of the stick. Uh, unfortunately, that episode is like yeah. Pugsley and Morticia and Lurch. Uh, and then the other one I picked was, it's mostly a Wednesday episode, uh, but it's one of the ones that I remember seeing when I was a kid. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed these. I, I got into this and I'm, and I was looking at these, uh, this character poster and I'm like, I can't wait to see it's Blue a, Fester. It's very much a choice of makeup and lighting. He's very blue in the He does look like yeah, the blue guy from Doctor Who. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He's, he is so gray that he is, he is blueberry-ish in color. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was delighted in the show. Like, oh, he's not blue. He's, he's regular gray. He's regular corpse colored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we open on the first episode. Morticia joins the ladies league. Uh, and well, we and technically it's Morticia meets the, or hang on. What is it called? It's Tish and the ladies league, which is based off. <laughs> ah, gotcha. I'm my bad. I think that. This is the the YouTube added thing. Oh, gotcha. They also added the word chipper to this title, and I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it opens on the kids playing darts on Lurch, as you want to do with your butler. Uh, Gomez is in uh, hanging upside down in like an upside down like thinking position, and they're just hanging out. I like that Gomez calls Lurch old man when they're talking to each other. He uses a bunch of like great gatsby kind of era like lingo yes. it's just all very endearing yeah uh, but yeah morticia comes in and talks about how the pta called and they're asking about like installing like a track or like a, a tennis court tennis court i almost said tennis court ball that's wrong <laughs> um the term is was... science court <laughs> thank you that's what I, that's where my brain was going and Gomez suggests, like, oh, why don't we have the next meeting at our house? Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we would never get to host. This will be nice. Mm-hmm. And but he says, why, why don't you host it here? It'll give you a chance to break out the salmonella. To which Morticia replies, oh, it's been so long since we entertained. And then Gomez adds, besides, we're already cleared for all those wrongful death suits. <laughs> <laughs> and they they really want to impress on the PTA. Forget the tennis court. Forget the track. You guys should really build a dungeon. That's what kids yeah. need. Yeah. <laughs> because children just don't have the same advantages we did while growing up. <laughs> they say later in the episode when, when Morticia's really selling on the dungeons, like, I really want the students to have access to cold, wet air. <laughs> 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 and I love that line because it just makes me think of those, like, Six, six Flags, like, theme park fans that yeah. blow air and mist at you. <laughs> And yes. I'm like, yeah, they should have that at the school. Right. That sounds rad. <laughs> it's better than hot, dry air. <laughs> also, did we mention that the kids are playing darts with Lurch, and by which we mean Lurch is the dartboard? Yeah, he's got all these little, like, bullseyes all over him. Uh, and Wednesday is, like, about to nail him, like, in the mouth, but he catches it, and she's like, I win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so after the theme song, we cut back to, like, the the foyer. Gomez tells Morticia he won't be joining her because he wants to try out some of the new tools his dentist has. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
And then Morticia's like, well, it's a good thing you're not here because I fear the effect you have on the other sex. And then sometimes I worry that uh, one lady is going to steal you away. And then goes like, oh, Macadamia, <laughs> you're the only weed in the garden of my life. <laughs> I was, uh, because I was watching this on YouTube, I had the captions, the automatic captions on. And it turned, uh, I know you have an effect on the opposite sex into... I know you have an effect at the office at six. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then uh, Pugsley comes up and he's like, I want to go to the circus. Uh, And Gomez is like, I don't know about the circus. That's (laughs) That's too regular boy like. Right. That's too wholesome. That's too normal. What are you doing going to the circus? And Pugsley. I would say it is weird. It is weird that the Adams are concerned about the circus because it feels like they would be all in on the circus. Yeah. yeah. And, and and eventually they are when Gomez is like, oh, I used to be friends with that sword swallower who works at the circus. It'd be great to catch up with him. Yes, I'll take you to the circus, son. And then you can see Gorgo, the amazing flying gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They also talk about how Pugsy's like, you're so weird lately. You're also joining the Glee Club. And, and for a moment, Tanner, I thought you picked this episode based on that line. No, that is just happy coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, they, they get to the... Oh, wait, do they get to the thing yet? Well, first, uh, Pugsley says that he has to stop and get some money out of his piggy bank. Yeah. And then he goes to his room, and we get like a dramatic close-up of this actual piglet who looks at him in fear. Then we cut to the a wide shot of the house outside, and you just hear, like, smashing and squealing. <laughs> and then it cuts back in. Pugsy's got, like, a bunch of coins in his hand. And then, like, the pig limps. The pig is fine, but the way they edit the footage is all choppy, so it looks like the pig is limping out. Yeah. And then you hear the pig say, Oh, this job sucks! <laughs> <laughs> a, very, a very Flintstones moment. Yeah, um, yeah. it is a living. <laughs> I can't imagine... <laughs> how he put the coins in there if he if he's just like swallowed these full-size dollar coins because that's what he had he had full dollar yeah. coins uh and then he it's i don't loonies. know it's in canada oh yeah yeah uh and then he just uh hit the pig with a hammer and the coins shot out of the pig <laughs> in some direction i think that's the most ideal way to picture it yeah that's the best i could hope for uh mm-hmm uh, they go to the circus, they meet the sword swallower, Gomez's old friend, and he's been so injured over his years of sword swallowing mishaps, he is missing a hand and an eye, and he has a voice box on his throat. Uh, he's, been- he's in rough shape, but his spirits are high. He's missing both hands. Oh my god! I only caught the one that's a hook! He also walks with a limb, so it's implied that he's got, like, two prosthetic legs as well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's messed up. <laughs> he's, but he's he's happy to see Gomez. He's happy to show the Adamses around the circus. And he takes him to see Gorgo, the amazing flying gorilla, who immediately brought to mind that line in Toy Story. That's not flying. That's falling with style. This is precisely <laughs> yeah. what Gorgo does. He yes. falls with style. <laughs> I think he mainly just falls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the camera is all the style. The slow motion is all the style. Yeah. Yeah, this gorilla, this flying gorilla gets up on a ladder 
and like at a ladder match, just soars off of it and lands <laughs> on the other side of the cage. Yeah. And everyone's Incredible. like, wow. <laughs> Pugsley loves it. You know, afterwards when Gomez is talking to his friend, he like goes up to the cage. Him and Gorgo bond. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the movie Nope. <laughs> this was a very interesting coincidence to watch this episode the same summer that Nope came out. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> In in what way is this like nope? I haven't seen nope. Um, um There's a boy who plays with a chimpanzee and it and it's fine. It's totally fine. And it's fine. It's okay. absolutely Great. fine. You don't have I anything can't... to worry about. It's a normal scene in a horror movie. <laughs> I can't wait to see this fine movie. <laughs> can't wait to be okay in my seat. Uh, so yeah, they're having a very good uh gorilla time. This gorilla is very like George of the Jungle where there's, like, actuators in, like, the lips and the teeth and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and it it's, it's, feels a lot like that kind of uh, props to it. Uh, we cut back to the house. Lurch is playing jump rope with Wednesday and with Thing. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gomez, or not Gomez, Morticia says to Lurch, could you pick up more dust, please? I swear, I could almost see my reflection in the coffee table. Uh, <laughs> there's which makes also me wonder how dust is stored where is dust picked up from when we're in- introed into the scene it starts outside the house with the the mailman i feel like every episode there's a mailman gag of some kind oh, usually yeah. with the mailbox yeah. attacking them um so he goes yeah. up to the mailbox which is right next to the sign that says beware of everything uh and it starts chomping on him and then we just cut inside as we hear him scream and morticia casually going down the stairs mail's here <laughs> I guess I forgot about that. I is that a thing in the original one? Do I don't know if it's from the original, but it's definitely something that's pretty consistent with this variation. That's fun. I do like an everyday every episode gag. Yeah. But yeah. Pugsley comes home uh and he's like, I loved it. I want to be a gorilla when I grow up. I had the best time. And then he he climbs up on this giant furniture. In this shot, he looks so small compared to this furniture. Uh, <laughs> he gets up on a chair and he gets up on like a coffee table yeah. and he soars off of it and drops and doesn't move. And Wednesday just looks at him and like, do it again. <laughs> but yeah, they, they seem to have a good time. And then I think that night, uh, Pugsley spooks Wednesday with a stuffed animal that he won at the at the carnival and yeah she her ponytails go up <laughs> yeah she she like uh, opens up her bed I, she like pulls back her covers to find a pastel rabbit yeah and her, her pigtails do a pippy long stocking she knows that her brother is pranking her yes. uh and so while she's uh, chasing Pugsley around, meanwhile, we go back to Gorgo, who's just having flashbacks of meeting Pugsley earlier that day. And he is so <laughs> overcome by the need to be with his new best friend that he just bends the bars of his cage like Superman and runs away. It made me wonder how they do that when that happened, because that had to either be aluminum bars or like some kind of like weird rubber bars or something Mm. that keep their shape yeah definitely something that's flexible yeah man probably it probably is aluminum yeah but yeah i need more of those kinds of moments in my life where i can (laughs) go to leave somewhere (laughs) 
and pull bars open to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That seems like something like the city museum or something would have to. Oh, absolutely. I've always wanted to run through a hole in the wall that's shaped like myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right? These are needs. (laughs) These are exactly. These are dreams. Uh, But yeah, so uh, Gorgo busts out. And then we cut to Pugsley at sleep, and there's a little tapping on his windows. And he opens the window, and there's a little Gorgo on his windowsill. And he's like, wow, my best friend's here. And he pulls him in, and they sleep in, in the same bed. It's it's a nice moment. Uh, yeah. And the next uh, morning, Fester and uh, Grandmama come back. They were skydiving. Uh, Fester was very graceful. As he fell like a sack of bricks. Yep. <laughs> and I like this. They they ask about who's that uh, hairy kid that, that the kids are playing <laughs> with outside. And <laughs> he's like punching his chest a lot. He's, he's And he's very big. Good looking kid. <laughs> <laughs> Quality child. I'm happy Pugsley has such a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And Gomez is like, oh, that's a gorilla. And he and Morticia go outside and Fester's like, Wow, I didn't think Gomez would insult people like that. <laughs> I like the way that, that Gomez says all his lines that should be shock or like or depression or something like that. He says everything with <laughs> such, gr- like, wow, it's great news that he, there's a gorilla out playing yes. with my son. Yeah, ev- every sentence that Gomez says ends with the colon D emoji. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. He is so psyched about life for a guy who cares so much about death yes oh, it's beautiful uh and and then after the parents leave lurch comes in because it's time for darts <laughs> we're the kids yeah this is a i don't know how much lurch talked in the original but this Lurch is pretty talkative i really like that so this is his like his job is to schedule darts time with the kids yeah mm-hmm it's, then it's sad because, yeah, the kids are more interested in playing with Gorgo, and even though Fester and Grandmama offer to play with him, he's like, no, it's not the same. And he, like, pouts as he goes outside. <laughs> I am so happy to get this much Lurch in this episode. I've always liked Lurch, but I liked him as much as I liked anybody else. And then watching this, I'm like, no, Lurch is the best one. Lurch is the number one best boy. He's so (laughs) sweet. He loves his family so much. Never complains about playing with these kids. They can throw anything they want at him. He's perfectly happy there. He lives this life of, of, of gracious service and his family loves him back for it. And he's helping Morticia get ready for this PTA meeting. And he makes this recipe. The, and she's like, oh, you made baby bat puffs. And he's like, it's my old grandma's recipe. And she's like, well, they're divine. And he's, he just sort of blushes. He like looks he's, bashful for a second. And he's like, little smiles. nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I am I'm happy this show really unlocked Lurch for me. Thank you. <laughs> for sure. Unlocking Lurch. Uh, Best selling <laughs> new book. James, did you know? Hollywood story. <laughs> Jams, did you know that Lurch was our dad's nickname in high school? That can't be. How? And I don't know why. He never How told me is... why. He, Dad's not tall. Dad is not tall. Dad is maybe 5'10". I have no idea no. why he was called Lurch. Maybe he just like opened doors for people. I don't know. 
That is taller than I, me. For some people, 5'10 is tall enough. Uh, <laughs> my fun fact is that my dad is also referred to as Lurch. What? Wow. <laughs> I think I think that's just dad humor. Did, do all dads call each other Lurch? What are Yeah, they, they meet up at the... They go to the dad club like, Hey, Lurch, hey, Lurch, how is it going, Lurch? That's not unbelievable, though. Wow. <laughs> There's like some <laughs> joke we missed that everyone's like, oh, lurch over here. There was some dad convention in like 1968 before many of these men even were dads. And they're like, okay, we're all agreeing. Our secret nickname is all lurch. We're never telling any of our kids why. They just know this. They don't know what to do with the information. It's a big 156 man Spider-Man point where they're all lurch. <laughs> lurch, 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 lurch. Uh, also, for that matter, I feel like I should point out that my mom's name is Patricia, and so all of my cousins, like when they were li- really little and even to this day, refer to her as Auntie Morticia. Oh Aww. my god. Oh, that's, that's precious. You had a real Adam's family life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. We could have used a thing or something, or a cousinette. We just have regular cousins. <laughs> Not enough hair <laughs> on our cousins. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Dad is not that tall. Is your dad tall? No. Tanner? My my dad is a little bit taller than me, so he's like just over six feet. Okay, that, uh, uh, six feet, I think, is, you could, is minimum requirements for Lurch. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, our brother should call me Lurch. And I'm sad oh my God. that he you're hasn't the, yet. You're the new family Lurch. Every family must have one. Cool. Put Every generation, there must lurch be a Lurch. I can't wait to fulfill my destiny. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Lurch is uh, jealous of like Gorgo having so much time with the kids. Uh, and the PTA is like... Yeah, Gorgo runs up and he eats all of the bat puffs. Yeah. And Lurch is just like... Mm, that little smile turned into a big frown. Uh-huh. It's like, those weren't for you. Those were for my family. Yeah. And, and then and then Pugsley and Wednesday go play darts with Gorgo. Yeah, and that's what really does it for me, where I'm like, oh no, don't hurt my tall new friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the meeting is about to start, and all these ladies from the PTA start coming in, and for a second, I thought they forgot mentioning Gomez's dentist appointment because he's right there in the room with Fester and Pugsley as they launch a rocket indoors and it goes <laughs> up. It, it hits the ceiling like you think it would and it goes up through uh, Grandmama's room and it's like, that was great. It almost hit me. And Pugs, er, Fester's like, you're almost late for your dentist appointment. Go And I'll come too. I want to see if... Uh, <laughs> I don't forget what he says. Like, I'll, I'll see if I can have some drill time, too, or something. <laughs> yeah. Also, Fester offers to shake the hand of one of the uh, ladies in the PTA, and then he's, like, got a bunch of black stuff on it, and, like, she recoils. He's like, what? It's just battery acid. <laughs> That's their uh, hand sanitizer. It's battery acid. Nothing sanitizer. Oh, and also... <laughs> Also, Gomez offers to crack their backs, and then he just grabs Fester's head and, like, 180 degrees. Yeah, the sound mixing in this made me really worried about that actor for a second. (laughs) (laughs) 
But then I then I remember people can really just turn their heads, and that's fine. That's a thing that people can do. Uh. <laughs> now, and now from this point in the episode, I feel like this last third is the most '90s of this whole episode. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. So, because like the ladies are like being shown around the living room, uh, and then we cut to Gorgo while wacky music is playing, and he's frolicking around the kitchen as he grabs some booze branded booze. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And just empties the bottle into the tea. Yeah. He's, like, messing uh, around. He's got, like, the weird, like, tuxedo bib thing. He's got yeah. a... Yeah, he's wearing a dickie. He's, a like, dickie. fully taken over Lurch's life. He pushes Lurch into a cabinet. He just shoves, into, shoves him into some sort of pantry wardrobe. And is like, I'm the family butler now. I'm wearing yep. the dickie. I'm taking these normal suburban moms a bunch of booze punch. Yeah, because, like, this is intercut with, like, Morticia talking about the tennis courts and stuff with the ladies. The ladies do meet Lurch before he gets shoved in the mm. closet. And one lady's like, oh, ha, ha, where did you dig that man up? And Morticia goes, you know, it's funny. I can't remember which cemetery. <laughs> Uh, and then it cuts back to Gorgo, where it's just the same clip of him pouring the booze, but it's, like, remixed. Yes! Where he goes, like, back and forth yes! and, like, d- circles around. <laughs> it's... It, it, it's so strange. They just, yeah, just keep cutting to, to where it seems like he's pouring the same booze in, like, nine times. This final scene has got a lot of these weird, jarring, like, logic-breaking jump cuts. Yeah. I didn't know... If Saban's... <laughs> Saban's gonna do something. They're they're gonna find a way to use stock footage in a show that doesn't have stock footage. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the fun of it. Stock footage is yeah. fun to use. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it's there for. But yeah, uh, Gorgo goes out and serves all the tea, and the ladies are getting super fucking drunk, uh, mm-hmm. and they just like don't care what's happening. And Morticia's like, "This isn't. I've seen ladies. This isn't how regular ladies work." Uh, yeah, and, like sips her tea a little bit and like gets a face. It's like uh uh-uh. uh, and goes and like goes to find Lurch, and he like busts through the closet he was in. Like sorry, <laughs> and they're like oh they found the empty booze bottle, and they're like oh that's Gorgo, and they go and they look they peek back into the room, and yeah, it's like a party scene with you know nine nicely dressed women acting super drunk and a man in a gorilla suit. Just also ah! hanging yep. out. He's got like a handkerchief or something, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> They're just moving erratically. And uh Morticia's like, I don't know what to do. And Lurch, special tall boy Lurch, is like, follow my lead. <clears throat> and he just comes in and he opens like I couldn't tell if it was like a record player or like a piano or something. Yeah. <laughs> And he puts some glasses on, yeah. some sunglasses. <laughs> it's the 90s. Yeah. Some big glasses. And he's, yeah, he just starts DJing. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, but yeah, we <laughs> the music start, starts playing that like 90s DJ music that's not very mm-hmm. good. But that's all they had mm-hmm. back then. And they <laughs> start dancing. Uh, the gorilla starts dancing, and every time it cuts to Lurch, uh, the frames per second drop down to, like, five. Like, it's got that, like, (laughs) really low, like, choppy, like, wow, this is cool to look at kind of effect. 
Extreme! And essentially, Gomez comes in. It's like, wow, this is a great party. You guys outdid yourself. And also, Pugsley pulls out a camera and starts recording the whole thing. Yeah. So now they have evidence of everything that happens. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. The next day, uh, Gomez is rubbing Morticia's shoulders. And Thing is rubbing Gomez's scalp. And a a, (laughs) a nice little, like, friends give friends massages party. And they're just, like, hanging out. Like, Gorgo's gone. School is getting a new dungeon put in. The kids are, like, playing, like, paintball with Lurch in, like, full camo gear. Uh, Just, like, playing, like, gross-looking paintball. Like, not colorful. No. (laughs) And, yeah, it's just, like, a little shot of of Lurch being like, hmm, I'm I'm involved again. Yeah. My family's back. My family's back. Yeah. That's the first episode. Before we move on to the second episode, I have an important question I've never really thought of before. Okay. Is is Thing a blood relative of the Adams family? Is he like somebody's nephew or cousin or something? Or is did they hire him? Is he also a butler? Why is Thing? I, what I think what is Thing's role? Thing Oh Thing's a hand servant. Okay. And it does seem like, oh, akin to Lurch, he is just live-in help. Yeah, it looks like he's live-in helps the same way that Lurch is, uh, but much like Lurch, he's treated as a member of the family, because that's another way that the Adamses are set apart from other people, is that, you know, they actually treat their help well. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, there's no separation to anybody to the Adams family. They're so welcoming to all people. Everybody they meet is un Adams. You're an honorary member of the family just for yeah. existing. Um, oh, Thing, Thing's precise nature was never revealed, and it is unknown whether he had once been attached to a human body or whether he had originated as an independent creature. However, he is not unique because in episode 38 of the original series Morticia Meets Royalty, Princess Millicent von Schlepp arrived and produced an elaborate box from which a distinctly feminine hand emerged. Thing promptly fell in love, and the female thing has a name, Ladyfingers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Thing's full name is Thing T Thing, with the T standing for Thing. Yeah. Oh that's my the one god! Thing, that's the one thing I remember from the movies, it's like, Thing, 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 that's his name. In the episode <laughs> Thing is Missing, a picture was shown of his parents, which showed only male and female hands holding hands. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, I, apparently there was a novelization, uh, of the TV show that also talks about the arrival and origins of Thing. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna have to find this book and and report back. (laughs) Please give us a book report on, on Thing's early life. Oh, there's a whole Wikipedia for Thing. There he is. (gasps) Yes! Oh my, I'm so happy that Wikipedia (laughs) has a GIF. (laughs) I mean, otherwise you've got to just... see this thing in motion. <laughs> you've got to see this thing. Oh yeah, there it is. Other hands. <laughs> <laughs> Other hands. Whoop. This is the true Wikipedia heading. Not related characters. Other hands. Yeah. <laughs> There's a hand called Esmeralda, which is another female hand hired af- after someone fired Ladyfingers. And Esmeralda turned out to be a thief. Uh, <laughs> and then they rehired Ladyfingers. 
That's fun. I'm so happy you learned so much about all these supporting characters. I, I love yeah. them. You really, until you stop and think about it, you don't realize how much they have become part of your heart just through continual pop culture. I love them like my own cousins. In the new Adams Family episode, The Tale of Long John Adams, Uncle Fester's lookalike great 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 uncle Curly's hand was severed and now lives on his pinky, presumably things ancestor. Interesting. Oh. There's This is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> is is things not just like the history, but like was it thing before it was severed? Was the man thing Right and then his hand got cut off and his soul resided in the hand or is the hand <laughs> now carrying a little bit of soul in it and is allowed to explore its own uh, humanity, hand manity? Right. I got it. No, scroll up a little bit on this Wikipedia page. I love that the sidebar column says species unknown, later a human hand, <laughs> gender, possibly male. You know, I believe thing is always referred to as he, him, but who knows for sure. But we stand a Denny boy icon. De- nationality definitively american (laughs) this we know for sure this hand this is not a canadian hand sorry tanner (laughs) (laughs) no worries i'm sure there are canadian hands out there oh they call hand uh or they call thing uh cosa in spanish and dedos in uh hispanic america which just means fingers (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i would i would just like to keep learning about thing i want <laughs> the same way disney plus has released like little sh- shorts about groot uh yes. i want adam's family in universe shorts about thing i want an expanded universe about thing. oh my gosh i want to know we about the naming conventions <laughs> We need to put these in theaters, like how uh, The Simpsons still makes little animated shorts just about Maggie, and sometimes those will air. And, well, they, they would be in front of 20th Century Fox movies in the movie theater. Like they, they'd be in front of Ice Age 4 or whatever. <laughs> Bring this concept back, make it thing shorts. I don't even care what production company it is in front of every film I go to. I want to see like at least two minutes of thing doing something. Even if it's just poses. I don't right. Know. Even I, if it's just like, buy a, a Coke and a popcorn. I just like watching a move. It's fun. Right? <laughs> I don't know. When the thing releases the thing show, then we'll come back and we'll talk about thing. But for now, we have to talk about Wednesday's crush. Yes. This is episode 34. And this opens with Fester and Pugsley sitting sitting on the front steps outside of the Adams estate and Fester is teaching Pugsley how to blow open manhole covers. And he says, no, when you do this, you got to be careful to make sure the manhole covers yeah. don't slice through any cars when they're exploding off of there. Because that's going to damage your manhole cover. you you got to keep that intact. Yeah, I think this is like a collection thing for Fester. Like, you guys don't like to, uh, to keep manhole covers? Yeah, and he's looking across the street to, like, a, an explosive they've placed underneath a manhole cover. And he does the gag where he holds up his binoculars and his eyes are giant, which I love. 
works well in animation, <laughs> works even better in live action. And they they hit it. They're like, it's ready. And then one, two, no, Pugsley, wait. And then he presses on the plunger and there's an explosion and it gets a full uh, manhole cover. And Pugsley's like, wow, but also a boy and a motorcycle. <laughs> Chunks yeah, of a motorcycle. Yeah, an entire punk crashes onto the front lawn. Yeah. Yep. And then Morticia shows up just in time to say, oh, look, darling, we have company. And then the kid passes out. And I think that we get the intro and then we uh, cut back in and Wednesday is firing a crossbow, a crossbow, a crossbow (laughs) at a little like Pugsley doll on Lurch's head, which is like, this is like the games room of the house where I guess Lurch is just always against this wall with something coming at him at 11 to 1 or something like that and gomez and morticia roll in their new guest on a gurney and morticia has like a ring that has smelling salts in it i guess uh Mm -hmm. and she like awakes him and he's got like fuzzy vision and like gomez like introduces everyone and wednesday does that like little kid thing where they'll come up and tell you a fun fact about the thing that they love to endear to you uh, yeah where she just she just comes up and is like crossbows are most efficient at short range so that it can go all the way through the skull and this kid uh says his name is sam he's like actually uh you want to use medium range because that uh that's the best way to do it or something like that <laughs> yeah because well because wednesday says if you fire a short range it can penetrate the skull and then sam says but if you fire a medium range it can go all the way out the back too that's who yeah very smart uh and now that they the family is a guest morticia says i'll go whip up a batch of bat wing puffs continuity yeah exactly it's a good recipe why not use it and also as sam is looking around he's like did i go and go to a goth heaven <laughs> <laughs> if only <laughs> can you imagine the amount of trip pants that the angels wear <laughs> uh, Trip pants with eyes covering the st- flaming straps. <laughs> In the living room, Sam is like inspecting all these like actual props, like this, like, oh, there's a man in an iron mask, and he opens it and there's a skull in it. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a shame he could never get out of that mask. <laughs> and he's like, there's swords on the wall that he like cuts his finger on. Some like bats fly in his face, and he's like, uh, uh, these aren't even indigenous to this area <laughs> yeah well, apparently uh, gomez had them imported yeah <laughs> and then uh once he points out the swords gomez and morticia engage in a cool sexy sword fight which is actually yeah pretty well acted out like mm-hmm. it's a pretty good I, stunt I, fight. I enjoyed this gomez frequently fences but i don't think we see him fence with morticia that often i'm happy she got in on it yeah 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 morticia wins the duel uh and uh sam finds fester like fixing his bike in the cemetery with lurch and sam's like uh you don't i don't you've never worked on a bike i'll I'll take this to a shop you don't have to worry about it and fester's like no but it's it's already done i'm done and he hops on it and it goes in reverse uh pushing sam backwards and knocking him down and uh Wednesday rushes over and is like, Mom, Dad, he could be her mother, father. 
They don't. They never <laughs> yeah. say mom, dad. Mother, father, he needs help. He could be hurt. And Gomez and Morticia exchange like a look. And at first I'm like, is this the look of like, oh, she's got a crush? Or like, why is she asking for help? Or something like that. Like, why is she paying so much <laughs> attention? Uh, uh, but she does, to get to Sam in need, she fully runs over Fester to get to <laughs> Sam. Just steps yeah. on him like he's pavement. <laughs> and she These tells Sam... I'm happy to report that you're in terrible health and will need four weeks of bed rest under my watchful eyes. Yep, that's what yeah. it is. Uh, and also, Gomez is jealous. Ah, two big spills in one day? I envy you, son. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that accident prone. <laughs> in the next scene, uh, we're in the family's living room. And, like, something else is happening. Like, Wednesday's talking to Sam or something. But also in the room, Gomez is there, and he's wearing full polo gear. But he's riding on one of those coin-operated pony rides that's outside a grocery store, except it's painted full, like, completely gold. So he's dressed as an equestrian, riding a coin-operated pony. And then Morticia puts another coin in the machine, and instead of it just keep going at the same speed, it goes harder <laughs> and it shakes violently. Yep. This is this is that that '90s close-up acting where the the frame is just right here, and Gomez has yeah. to act the shaking out with his head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gomez is a billionaire, one of the few good billionaires. And you know, yeah. at two p.m. it's pony time, and he's he's got right. things to do. <laughs> I think it's so funny that this is a man who absolutely could go in. He can get anything. He could be on a real horse, but no, he wants this one. (laughs) He wants the one in the living room that still requires coins. It's not rigged up to just go as long as he wants. There's no on-off switch. His wife has to sit there and keep feeding coins into it. (laughs) This This is the family pony machine. (laughs) it's the right thing to do uh there there was a meme recently going around of uh how gomez adams would act if people did go around killing billionaires uh Mm -hmm. and essentially the the gist was like of course he would love that he would like they would give you their guillotine like go out (laughs) have fun i'll be here when you're ready i'll I'll get i'll draw a dotted line on my neck Uh, (laughs) like he would be all for uh, killing billionaires and insists in fact he would i think they said he would be disappointed if he saw in the newspaper other billionaires getting beheaded and he would be like some people have all the fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a real pure soul um, mm-hmm. yeah we cut to wednesday uh showing sam the real pandora's box uh, yeah <laughs> like telling the story about it And then uh, I think Sam opens it and cool green animated ghosts fly out and like (laughs) claws and hands and stuff like that. It's a really cool sequence. Um, Oh, yeah. And (laughs) Wednesday's like, okay, now you show me something. And Sam, being a white boy, pulls out his guitar (laughs) and proceeds to sing. And he sings a shitty song about death. (laughs) One of the right. worst songs I've ever seen, honestly. <laughs> it's 
the song goes, when the light is dark and the air is dank, I think of the dead, dead, dead. And it just keeps going like that. When something is something and something is something else, I think of the dead, dead, dead. Just forever on a loop while Wednesday looks at him with big, adoring eyes. Yeah, she fantasizes about, like, the future where she's got, like, a long black wig like Morticia does, mm-hmm. and Sam is kissing her arm like her dad does to Morticia. Yeah, that's her only <laughs> example of love. That's what she thinks it is. Exactly. Right! You can't do better than that. No, that's the that's the echelon. But yeah, it's, I can't, I can't endorse enough that this was a terrible song. Uh, it's not <laughs> but mo- it's a terrible song on purpose. When he finishes, she says, wow, that was brilliant. And he's like, oh, wow, no one's ever accused me of brilliance before. Yeah, not surprising. (laughs) But yeah, he finishes a song. uh, We cut the next scene. Wednesday's like baked him some cookies that are like just black circle like chars. (laughs) And he breaks off a corner of the table. And I went back and I'm like, oh, you can't even tell that that table was ready to be broken. Like a prop table. (laughs) It's a good cut. And it breaks off the corner and he like throws it behind himself and he talks about like, oh, yeah, I, I'm always on the road. I ran away from home about a year ago because my dad wanted me to get into the real estate business with the family. And I just don't want to do that. So I left. And Wednesday is like, well, I guess the only option is for you to take Pugsley's bed. Pugsley will sleep on the ground. Uh, and you no, say, she says she'll send Pugsley to a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Where I assume he will sleep on the ground. Uh, mm. And uh, you will stay here forever and we'll be soulmates. And <laughs> Sam shakes on it. And I'm like, that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sam is clearly just playing along to like, because mm. he doesn't want to break her fantasy. Because like earlier in that scene, she asks him how long he's been playing the guitar. And he says, ah, probably your age. And Wednesday's like, so you mean 16? And this is clearly like a 12 year old girl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Sam knows this. And Sam just gives her a side eye like, come on, Wednesday. I- I'm yeah. not going to fall for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, like he's uh, 21. That's still not good. Mm-hmm. yeah no like it wouldn't be good either way but it's like no matter what's going on sam is just like okay this girl has a crush on me i'll just make sure i let her down gently when the time comes yeah i i fully expected that pact to be like a blood pact and for him to be bound to the house now in some <laughs> way. i'm like that's that was a huge mistake yeah don't make a pact with an adams <laughs> We we cut to Sam's dad's office and his secretary comes in to tell him, we have a lead on finding your son who ran away a year ago. Like, like he was spotted over here. And during this whole conversation, like the, he's like in some high rise building and there's a window washer like washing the windows outside as they are want to do. Uh, and like the, the equipment fails and that person's like flailing, violently, <laughs> cartoonishly flailing outside and yelping. And the secretary's staring at him. And she's like, sir, are you going to do something? And all Sam's dad does is close the blinds. Uh, and then we hear that window washer fall and scream. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He says something to it to the tune of like, I just need Sam to know how much I care about him. And then he... <laughs> Let's this man die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Sam checking in on his bike again. We get a nice, like, glory shot of it looking, like, all chrome and, like, perfect. 
and he's like, yeah, take a seat. And just as he's sitting down on it, Pugsley just runs up and like detonates more explosives in the seat of the motorcycle. And it sends <laughs> Sam soaring high. I can only imagine above the house because we cut to Gomez and Morticia just like, wow, a nice cloudless day. And <laughs> them looking up and then them seeing Sam and watching him fall all the way down, not stopping on anything until he hits the ground. Uh, they said something like, I didn't even know he was up, which was <laughs> a nice double joke of, I didn't know he was up there and I didn't know he was awake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then when he lands, Fester runs over <laughs> and says, now, Sam, you don't have to answer right away, but can I be your beneficiary? <laughs> <laughs> I really like this gag when Fester's working on the motorcycle and he finds a boomerang in his toolbox and he says, oh, yeah. how did this get in here? Like he's unfamiliar with it. Like it doesn't belong there. And then he <laughs> throws it. And of course it's a boomerang. So it comes back to him and he catches it. And then he puts it right back in the toolbox. I like to think about how the scene must have taken place. Cause this would have been one take uh, where they, <laughs> they either had, three or four boomerangs or they had one guy running around the set oh throwing it each time but yeah it's it's a good uh, good little gag but yeah meanwhile gomez and morticia are like dance flirting in the cemetery and fester like runs up like look at this paper look at this paper this guy says his name is like sam sedgwick he's a realtor and also here's a sam's driver's license i stole it uh, <laughs> So it looks like this is these guys are related. And also his birthday's tomorrow. So Gomez and Morticia are like, great, we love this boy now. We're going to throw him a birthday party tomorrow. And they also invite Gomez and Morticia, they, they invite uh, Mr. Sedgwick over. And he comes in and he's very much immediately like, I'm done waiting. Where is my son? I need to see my son right now. He's very gruff and mean about it. And they kind of get on, like, either side of him and, like, talk to the left and right of him. as like, hey, we're not going to let you go talk to your son unless you're nice to him. In, yeah. like, a very mm. just, like, good parenting way. Like, you need to listen to your son. Uh, he ran away for a year. If you never listen to him, he's going to run away for a lot longer than that. Exactly. And it's, it's, just, it's just, like, legit good parenting advice from these people that just really care about this boy. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, like Wednesday is electrocuting Sam, you know, kid stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Sam blames the never being electrocuted on a deprived childhood. Uh, but then they also <laughs> talk about his dad and like Wednesday says something to the effect of like, I know that your dad can be stubborn, but if you never open up the lines of communication, you'll never know when he's ready to forgive you or ready to like talk to you. Yeah, this family... <laughs> teaches emotional yeah. intelligence so early on yeah and i i like that it isn't just wednesday as a crush on this boy she thinks he's handsome like she is concerned for him and wants to help him and offers him advice yeah that is yeah. truly valuable and worth listening to yeah it's not your typical tv sitcom i have a crush on a boy and i go yeah. gaga, i go gaga over him every time i see him kind of plot holes uh, it's a lot more just like, it sounds like you really miss your dad. You should try talking to him every now and then. Like, uh-huh. Im- immediately. Like, we, we this between us can wait several thousand years, but you don't have your dad for several thousand years. Make sure exactly. you're okay with him. 
Ah, it was, it's that's just an inter- good. Hang on, that's an interesting question. Do you gain some kind of immortality and destructibility when you marry into the Adams family? Oh, man. I can only imagine you gain all of the macabre knowledge they contain. So I was thinking about this because they always talk about how exciting it would be to die in different ways. And I yeah. don't know if they know a necromancer or if they have a household <laughs> like necromancy spells. They're like, because that would make more sense to be like, oh, I can't wait to die in this new way. And then I'll just come back and try again in a different way. Um, yeah. <laughs> That makes more sense. But yeah, I can only imagine they would talk about like, oh, yeah, grandmother from grandmother. The third has been alive since the 18th century kind of deal. Vampires definitely is a part of it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there is some immortality in there uh, until they die gruesomely. (laughs) So they're having uh, Gomez and Morticia are saying goodbye to Sam. Sam is like getting ready to leave. And he's like, thanks so much for having me. Like, you didn't have to. And I really appreciate your time. And they're like, ah, uh-uh, we have one more gift. And we look up to the top of the stairs and they open a big banner and it says, happy birthday. And mm-hmm. he's like, how did you know? And he's like, really like touched. He's like, I've been here for two days. And they they go into like the drawing room and like there's a big pile of presents in the middle, which I was like, it's one thing to throw a stranger a birthday party. It's another to buy him more than one gift. That's yeah. sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, Fester's gift for him is a bomb. It's a full explosion. Yeah, here's an explosion for you. My favorite thing. I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Here's something I love. Why, why don't I share it with you? <laughs> and he's he's like, before I open any more gifts, Sam's like, I want to thank you so much. You took me in. You fixed me up on, like, multiple occasions. You guys have made me feel wanted. You've listened to me, and you've made me feel home. Uh, and then he turns around, his dad's right there. And he, like, goes to, like, book it. And his father's like, blah, blah, blah. I just want to talk to you. And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't listen to you. How about, like, we give it a week and you come over and, like, we'll have dinner with me and your mom and you. And we'll listen to you and like, you don't have to if you don't want to kind of deal. And he's like, I would like that. And they go for a handshake and they just end up in a hug. And then like, the Gomez's or the Gomez's, the Adams start hugging. And Fester's like, this isn't a, a birthday party without without a cake. And he lights uh, some TNT that is on top of a cake and then shoots it off out of the window. And then... <laughs> And then fireworks start happening, and I couldn't tell. Yes. Yes, what? No, no. I think we were thinking the same thing, that it looks like dynamite, but it goes off like fireworks. Yeah. And right now I am Googling fireworks, and it shows me what they look like in the sky, and not what they look like before they are detonated. <laughs> he looks like he catapults this cake into the out the window, and it turns into fireworks. But then in the next scene, Fester's not there. And I thought, like, oh, maybe he left real quick to detonate fireworks? That's very confusing. Uh, so we over to Sam and his dad leaving. Um, Wednesday makes sure to give Sam his gift, which is, like, a, a heart pin with a bunch of spikes through it. Uh, it looks really gnarly. And he mm-hmm. assures her that he'll mm-hmm. never take it off. And then he also gives Wednesday his cool leather jacket. And she'll treasure it always. Yeah. 
<laughs> and even though Sam and his dad are leaving together, they're not like cohabitating, which is good. Give your kids space. But also Sam agrees to meet with his parents for dinner on Sunday so that they can have mm-hmm. like a nice family dinner again for the first time in a while. Yeah. Gomez says to Sedgwick, like, come back anytime. You're welcome to stop by whenever you want, which is so nice for a man you met that day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and to Sam Sr.'s credit, he also grabs the guitar and like, hey, Sam, make sure you don't forget this. Yeah. You have uh, an okay future in music ahead of you. I can't <laughs> promise anything, because I've heard you. We'll get you lessons or something. Get, get Lurch to remix it. <laughs> there you go. He knows what he's doing. But yeah. And Wednesday's like bummed as they walk away. And uh, Morticia's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Uh, it's okay to feel sad. And when and Wednesday's like, it's okay. But now I feel bad about taking one more, uh, I don't know what the word she uses, uh, one, one more memento uh, yeah. than I needed to. And she holds up the brakes from the motorcycle. And then we hear uh, <laughs> Sam on his bike scree- like squeal and crash. And we hear Wednesday like run over like, oh, Sam, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> And then the coda of the episode is, again, Fester teaching Pugsley to blow something up. It's another one of those running gags with the mailman, where the, the yeah. mailman shows up and while they're blowing up mailboxes. And Fester turns to Pugsley and says very proudly, you know, I think you're almost old enough to be fired out of a cannon. <laughs> and then they like, also wow. grab the mailbox and leave the mailman just sitting on the ground motionless. <laughs> He's done his job. <laughs> he's delivered the mailbox exactly that's what they do and that's uh the new adams family uh thank you guys so much for listening tanner thank you for bringing this yes uh, this forgotten delight back to our uh back to our purview yeah thank you for having me it really is a charming show it yeah. is yeah when i said earlier like i don't think it's as funny as other adaptations it's it's it is funny it's it, it's it's the same adams family humor Everybody yeah. gets it. Everybody knows what it is. It didn't feel super novel to me, but it didn't feel like wrong. I'm like, yes, this is what it's supposed to be. Yes, please tell <laughs> me more about how they like gross, weird, dusty things. And yeah. it is so heartfelt. Like, th- I think we were all amazed at how genuinely sincere this show is. Mm-hmm. It's built on very good, uh, very good corpses. Uh <laughs> In Adam's <laughs> family speak, built on on good bodies of times past. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think yeah. I'll go back from this and like go check out uh, maybe some of the old Adam's family and watch some of the new stuff. And I'm excited for uh, for Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, usually, or actually, whose pick is it next time? I think it, the next episode is our Halloween episode, and yes. this is wait. Well, then uh, what was this? Was this? Your idea. This is this also comes out in October. This comes out yeah uh, around the. This 15th. is the pre-Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah, this is a Halloween episode, but the next yeah. one is the Halloween episode. Gotcha. And we will be watching the Disney TV special from sometime in the eighties called. Mr. Boogity. Oh boy. You can find this on Disney Plus. It's like an hour long. Uh it's very strange. It's uh it's it's very weird, 
We found this uh, in our movie Discord when we just decided to do Disney Plus Roulette. And we <laughs> I, I took a database of all the movies that were on there, and I put them in a random number generator, and Mr. Boogity came out as number one. Uh, and it's very weird. It has a sequel. We're just going to watch the first one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, get get ready for a weird time <laughs> next time. <laughs> look out for that thank you guys so much for listening uh tanner where can people find you all right so you can find me on twitter at sparky upstart and then i have a few podcasts i have one that's currently on hiatus which is pokemon adventures in the millennium it is a pokemon tabletop actual play series with i run it and some of my friends are the players and hopefully it'll be coming back at some point we still have some episodes in the tank that are to be edited um, and you can find that on all your podcatchers. And then I also have Not If I Reboot You First, which is a show where me and my friend Lindsay, duh, we talk about things that we like and how we would reboot them or adapt them or do a spinoff or a sequel, stuff like that. We- By the time this episode comes out, we'll hopefully have released our 200th episode. And that one wow. will also be on hiatus on account of the fact that we've been going almost weekly for four years and we're tired. Oof. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Have a, have a good uh, break. I also have Loser Like Me with my friend and former guest of this show, Christina, where we watch every episode of Glee and talk about it and threaten to throw sticks and stones at Ryan Murphy. And (laughs) Jams is going to be on it now, but has been on it when you're listening to this episode. Yeah, this should come out on the 15th. So, uh, yeah, well, I'll listen for me and you'll find me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then I also, I want to promote the fanfic that I'm working on with me yeah. and Lindsay of Not A Fire Boot You First, which is a, a whole universe of rewriting the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting oh. with events of World War II and slowly creeping forward from that. Um, if you like Agent Carter and historical accuracy as much as you can within Marvel, uh, and messed up body horror when it gets to my story, which is just a whole bunch of horror vignettes... Then wow. you should check out uh, The Invaders on Archive of Our Own, or some of the individual stories are called Shadow of the Eagle and The Haunting of Villa Layla and uh, Agent Carter, The Phantom Pain. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, definitely go check those out. Awesome. Uh, Mel, where can they find you? I'll, I guess I'll end on, my, on the show's plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wilkywit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts. I'm on the Whatnots Network. That's Whatnots spelled like astronaut. I am on the Review Show every week. It's a book club style media discussion show. Every week we pick a different movie or a season of a TV show or a couple volumes of a comic. Anything we can cover in a week. All kinds of genres. All kinds of mediums. And for one episode a month, we do pick something longer and we do follow it all the way to the end. Uh, So that's why I just watched all of Fringe. We did one episode a month for the last five months, slowly watching all of Fringe, and it was uh, very rewarding. And I'm on the Captain's Log, which is our weekly off-topic nonsense chat show where we uh, make movie predictions and we try and guess the flavors of like very abstract novelty sodas. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. 
yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys would like to support the show, if you'd like to inquire like Tanner did about being a guest on the show, you can talk to us on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. You can email us, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. We do have a Discord we just started. You can find that uh, on Twitter. If you can't find it, you can ask me. I'm at Jams on Twitter. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. And uh, Tanner, would you like to lead us off with a relaxed kickback at Saturday? All right. <clears throat> detendez-vous, detendez-vous, c'est samedi. Oh, c'est samedi. C'est samedi. So Pandora was told never to open her box, lest she unleash evil to say nothing of good into the world. And then one night, her curiosity bored away at her very soul, and... That's some box. I know. Now it's your turn to show me something. Well, Princess of Darkness, how about I regale you with a little song I wrote? When the light is dim and the air is dank, I think of the dead, the dead, dead, dead. When the light is bright and the air is dry, 